everyone and welcome back to the scary night podcast today is a friday yay what's up today we got two stories which i will in fact be talking about if i can get this some of my things together from the past week of me researching Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, today we got, today we got one story, I'm sorry everyone, this is, um, it takes a while for me to get some things together, so today we got one story called The Mosadingo Ghost. This story is from May 13th. 1886 and this story truly gives me the creeps of a classical ghost tale a lot of people tell me this that they're quite good by the way i'm currently out on my deck again reason because um again my studio is my sound studio is again not working now when i say this to you guys i actually mean it it's um i saw i try different mics every week and i try to get new soundproofing for i could improve the quality every single week for you guys now we have a really good horror story for you guys but today it's yeah it's gonna be a good one it's from May 13, 1886. Mazenango's ghost. A headless spitier creates a sensation on the south side. And if you are new to the Scary Night Podcast. Hi, my name is Benny. And I like telling you different stories. I'm hoping that the bird chirping car sounds will make it maybe make it a little more atmospheric. Like, here's a car coming right now. Alright. This is Mazenango's ghost. On the second lot south of the railroad, on the east side of Murden Street, stands an old weather-beaten house belonging to the D.A. Caldwell. It's it's alleged it's a haunted and... And that a verbal ghost, a headless woman, visits the place between 12 and 1 o'clock at night. The house is now occupied by Wyatt Myers and family. Mr. Myers, oldest son, was awakened by a four-sided ghost rubbing her icy hands over his face. The sight which she saw was not frightful, that he was paralyzed with fear and did not dare to uncover his head. Again that night... Anne could not be induced to sleep again in that room. When this happened from the land of the unreal, was made public to neighbors, begin to refresh their memories. The house has been occupied for some time. For some time, previous to the time Mr. Marv moved in by an old clock repairer and tinker by the name of Mosedang, who had several children of of his own and a girl about 16 years old whom they claimed was adopted by them in Tennessee 
The neighbors missed the girl several days before Mazenmaid's made the night move from the city. No one knows where Mazenmaid's accounted for her absence. By staying, they had sent her back to Tennessee on a night train. And the presence of bloodstains in the haunted house strengthened the suspicions of the neighbors that had been murdered and body disposed of Mazenmaid's Cap Thomas J. Cook had once organized a searching committee and has been fishing in the wells in the neighborhood and turning up the dirt without success. Pete Streps and Jess Lames, who had longing to see a real-life ghost, spent Friday night in their room, but the only disturbance the report was on was of an old cat trying to break through the window and racket of murrays of rats scrampering around the place. That was the very first of this story, and believe me, it's quite creepy. We have one more story for you guys. And I hope you enjoy. The Weeping Woman by L.A. Lorama. And I've heard of this before by Johans. This is a story that the old ones have been telling for children of hundreds of years. It's a sad tale, but it's lived strong. The memories of people and all who spread that is true. Long years ago, in a humble little village, there lived a fine-looking girl named Maria Sumsay. Maria Sumsay. She was one of the most beautiful girls in the world, and because she was so beautiful, Maria thought she was better than everyone else. As Mary grew older, her beauty increased, and her pride and beauty grew too. When she was a young woman, she, w- she would not even look at a young man from her village. They weren't good enough for her. When I marry, Mary would say, I would marry the most handsome man in the world. And then one day, in Mary's village, rode a man who seemed to be just the one who had been talking about he was a dashing young ranchero, the son of a wealthy rancher from the southern plains. He could ride like a sport. In fact, if he owned a horse and it grew tame, he would give it away and go rope a wild horse in the plains. He thought it wasn't manly, manly to ride a horse. If it wasn't half wild, he was handsome. And he could play the guitar and sing beautifully. Maria made up her mind that that was the man for her. She knew just the tricks to win his attention. If the ranchero spoke when they met on the pathway, she would turn her head away. When he came to her house in the evening to play his guitar and turn her, she wouldn't even come to the window. She refused all closely gifts. The young man felt for her tricks. She revealed that haughty girl, Mara Mara, he said to himself. I know I can win her heart. I swear that I will marry that girl. And so everything turned out as Mary planned. Before long, they became engaged, and soon they were married. As first things were fine, they had two children and seemed to be a happy family together. But after a few years, Rachel went back to wildlife of the prairies, and he would would leave the town and be gone for months at a time. And when he returned... It was only to visit his children. He seemed to care nothing for the beautiful Marrera. He even talked. He even talked of setting Marrera aside and marrying a woman of his own wealthy class. 
As proud as Mario was, of course, she became very angry with the rancher. She also began to feel anger toward her children because he paid attention, but just ignored her. One evening... As Mary was strolling with her two children on the shady path where near the river, the rancher came in by a carriage and a little lady sat on the sat, stopped and spoke to her children, but didn't even look at Mary. He whipped the horses up on the street. When she saw that that, that a terrible rage filled Mary, and it turned against her children, and although it's sad to tell the story, says that in anger, Mary is Maria seized her two children and threw them into the river, but as they disappeared down the stream, she realized what she had done. She ran down the bank of the river, reaching out her hands to get them, but they were gone. Thank you everyone for coming back to the Scary Night Podcast. I had an actual blast today singing some um, why, why do I see singing? I'm so weird. Thank you, everyone. I had an amazing time today. Go to bed. Drink some water. Get a cookie, maybe. Actually, that's horrible. <laughs> go get water. Go get something. Go to bed. Have a nice day.